Our gospel lesson is found in the second chapter of Acts, uh, verses 1 through 6. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. So, we're getting through this first little section of Acts. So we started with kind of the last words of Jesus. He's telling them, hey, you're going to receive power when the Spirit comes on you uh, to be my witnesses. And then Jesus floats like a helium balloon into heaven. It's kind of weird. And uh, so the, God, the, the, the disciples did a lot of stuff that's not, not normal to deal with in your day-to-day life. You don't usually see people ascend into the sky. Uh, then, they, then they all come together in one place and they're like, well... Uh, Judas is gone, so there's only 11, and really 12 is a nice round number. So we want to we pick up another guy, pick up his option, and they throw some dice and end up with Matthias. And, and so we, we go through all this stuff, and then now they're still in that upper room, and they're still praying together, and, and then all this stuff starts to happen. So let's kind of talk through the, these verses real quick, because what you have in these next six verses is... Um, some, some theological things that have caused a bit of, let's just say, disagreement in Christian circles in the last 2,000 years. Um, there's been some people who, who take some of this one way, they take some of it the other way. Then some people think other people are demon-possessed because of these verses. And it, so there's some stuff here. And so I thought we'd talk through it as a church together. And as we end talking about Jesus' ascension, because this is, this is the purpose of Jesus' ascension. And, and so we're going to talk about what some of this means. So the first verse, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So we talked about this last week, right? They're in this, this upper room. So just in case you, you've forgotten what I said a week ago, which is unfortunately highly likely. I don't even remember what I said a week ago, some of it. Uh, an upper room is kind of standard. In a big family house in this time in Israel, they would have a second level that they would either rent out, uh, kind of like an event center, you know, a room like this. Because you got to say, there's 120 people in that room. So it's not a small little room, because if you have 120 people in like that classroom back there, it feels like that sometimes, but uh, all those kids, uh, but it's a bigger room and 120 people are in it. And so they're, they're in this, this, this kind of upper room, and they're all praying together. You have the, the 12 apostles. Um, you have uh, Jesus' brothers. And you have Jesus' mom. And they're all there, and they're, they're waiting because Jesus told them to wait. And so you have this, this early, early small group of, of the church. And so it's, it, it's interesting. Luke's kind of reiterating the idea that they're all together in one place because for him, that's significant because he's, he's trying to represent the hey, when the church first started, they were all unified in a purpose. They, were all, they all had one purpose and they had one plan. They were doing what Jesus told them to do. He's reemphasizing, just like we talked about last week, the importance of the church gathering together and the church having unity of mission. 
So, hey, you know, we all gather together and we're all here for the same reason. We're here to do what Jesus told us to do. Um, and sometimes we get that mixed up. And instead, we, we go to church maybe because we feel like it's the right thing to do. Or, or we get to church and we think, well, really the purpose of this whole getting together is to fulfill some kind of need that I have personally. Um, you know, this is, this is here so I can feel like I've, I've gotten something spiritually when I go home, I, I'm better off. But the idea here is they're meeting in one place for, for one mission. That mission is Jesus' mission. That he said, hey, and you're going to go to Samaria and Judea and the outermost places of the earth because I told you to and you're going to tell them about me. And so they're, they're united on, on Jesus' mission. So then it goes on to say, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. That's a little weird, right? If the, now, and here's the thing, is, you, is, is you, when you really break this apart, it's not that there was a violent wind. There's no wind at all. There's just the sound of it. If that happened, right now, we'd all think, well, this is weird. <laughs> I mean, can we be honest? Because sometimes we read through this stuff and we're like, oh yeah, that happened. And, and, you, th- and you think, okay, well, you know, oh, that would, if I was there, then I would have thought this was a great spiritual time. No, if you were there, you might have thought, this is a little weird. You might have thought, oh man, uh, uh, maybe next Sunday I should try Mormonism. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> is this kind of stuff happen there? Unitarian Church? Uh, anyway, uh, so, so the, the sound of a violent wind fills this whole, this whole room. So they're all sitting there, they're praying, and this sound happens. So if you're there, and you're praying, and you hear this, you're thinking, something is going on. And Jesus told them something was going to happen, and you'd like to think that that would have convinced them that this was, okay, well, maybe this is what Jesus was talking about. But I know people, and I know humans, and a lot of them are probably like, what in the world? And it's going to get even weirder. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And there's times that you can feel that, that Luke is almost struggling to describe something that can't be described, right? It's like, well, it was kind of like the sound of a violent wind. People said it was kind of like, kind of like that. And, you know, it seemed to be tongues of fire. So it wasn't tongues of fire. Because that's also a common like thing is you think, oh, well, ooh, flames. And if you ever, there's some awful Christian movies out there. Let's just be honest. Can, can we be honest about that? They're bad. Uh, and, and some of us, some of us have, who have grown up in the church, have been in the church a long time, we've seen these. Uh, and so you have, you have, you have these, these bad actors in a poorly filmed room. And then they, they put in these little Bic lighter flames above their head. And... <laughs> And it's just, that's kind of the picture we get. But instead, I want you, I want you to think of something that's deeply supernatural. And, and, and so, it's so significant that Luke can't find the words to describe what's actually happening here. And so he gives us an, the closest way that human language can approximate a deeply spiritual and completely unearthly thing. So he says, this seems to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Then it says this, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And here we start getting into, in, into, the, uh, into the bit where Christianity has a, a large width and breadth of what this means. So 
let's, let's, have, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit. Who here has ever been to a Pentecostal or charismatic church? Most of us. So, so we're none of us, none of us here, uh, some of us here are like, well, what's this talking about? What do you mean Pentecostal? Uh, so if you've ever been to an Assemblies of God church or a International Church of the Foursquare Gospel, my former denomination, or you've been to maybe a uh, Church of God in Christ, or you've been to um, many non-denominational churches where, where, they, where they talk about speaking in tongues. And so that's this idea of Pentecostal. And what Pentecostal and the charismatic movement believes is that God's spirit still works today in supernatural, significant ways like described in the book of Acts. And, there, and then from there, anytime you have theology, you have people who think this and that and this, and I go into it for days. But, so you have that. And then you have another side of Christianity, that the cessationalists, where all of this stopped with the last apostle. Uh, all the supernatural stuff, it, it stopped, it ceased. And then you have people who are kind of in the middle who are like, yeah, God still does supernatural stuff, but he doesn't do the stuff that I think is weird. <laughs> uh, you, have, you have some of that. So, so this, that's just, uh, we'll go right out and say some of this is, is a, little bit, a little bit weird. But then it gets a, a little bit less weird as we keep reading. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-bearing Jews from every now, now there we're staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under, under heaven. So Luke's setting a stage. And he's saying, hey, where these guys are at right now, there's people from everywhere. So it's like, uh, you know, if, if, if you went and you went to Comic-Con in L.A., and people from all over the U.S. come to Comic-Con. Uh, it's not just people who, who live in L.A. This is the big one. And people will, will fight for tickets and they'll fly in. And the, and the people from every, every tribe and tongue in America end up at Comic-Con. And uh, don't judge me. And, uh, <laughs> and so you have all these different people from different places gathered together. And so this, this is a big celebration. Pentecost is a big deal. And so people traveled to Jerusalem from all over. And at this point, the Jewish people weren't just in Israel. It's kind of like now where you've got Jewish people everywhere, but there's also Jewish people in Israel. And so people from all over these different nations would gather in Israel together. And so Luke's saying, hey, just so you know, there's all these different God-fearing Jews, but you know what's funny? They don't all speak Hebrew at this point. You know, most of them would, but you have these the, you have people who converted to Judaism. They speak different languages like Greek and Latin, and I can't think of any other ancient languages off the top of my head at the moment. But so they're all in this one place. So Luke is setting the stage for why all of this before is happening. It says, when they heard this sound... A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Okay, so when, when we hear this, oh, the Holy Spirit began to speak in other tongues, the Spirit enabled them. So what happened there is having a purpose. It's not just some random event that had no reason. What happens is the Holy Spirit enables them to speak in other tongues, and these tongues are other languages, and so all these people from all these nations hear the, the, the apostles in this early church praying in their own language. So it's another distinctly supernatural event. And so all this is going on, right? And, but, there, but there's a reason for every single thing that's happening. And as we consider the ascension of Jesus, we're remembering that the purpose of the ascension of Jesus was to put the church on to its mission. The resurrection gives us life. The ascension gives us 
our mission. And so all of this, as, as we close out this first part of Acts, where we're looking directly at the ascension and what, it's, what the point is, the point is that we would have power for the mission that God gave us. So that, that's, that's our first, our big thought for the day. And it's the big thought of all four weeks, that the purpose of the Spirit is mission. And this gets mixed up, especially for a lot of us, uh, who it appears from the hands, have come from, or at least have encountered, Pentecostal churches, charismatic churches. There's nothing wrong with those. I come out of that movement. Um, I'm a little bit different theologically now than I was then, but, but I, I understand where they're coming from. But most of us who've been in those circles have seen that oftentimes good, Jesus-loving Christians get confused and the purpose of the Spirit becomes about making them look important. And so I can stand up in front of the church and God gave me a gift and I can be, I can, people will notice me or, or people will think that I'm so spiritual because I can do this or I can do that. But that's never the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to put us on mission. So if God gives you a gift, whatever that looks like, whether it's one of the gifts, Paul has a couple of times where he just starts listing off spiritual gifts. And he talks about, like one point he talks about administration and helps and this and that. Another time he talks about the more supernatural things like prophecy and healing and, and, all, and those sort of things. But every time, the purpose of the Spirit is to give you gifts so that you can be doing what Jesus put you on earth to do, which is to tell people about the God who loves them and who died for them. It's always, always, always about mission. But then Luke goes on, and I think this is interesting. And Luke's really pointing out that not only... So this is setting the church off on the mission that Jesus gave them, but also that the Spirit will put you in the right place at the right time to use the gifts that He gives you. And often we're real worried about that. We're real worried about, well, I've got to figure out what, what, what God's call is on my life so that I can do this and that and this and that. But... They, they just ended up in Jerusalem when all these people were coming together. And they, they, weren't, trying to make, they weren't trying to reach out to this crowd. When we, we start the next part of Acts, after we're going to have a series in the middle here, but then we're going to go, keep going through Acts. And we're going to see that Peter preaches to a crowd and 3,000 people join the church. And so the Spirit put them in the right place at the right time so that they could reach a large group of people so that they could go out into the rest of the world because those 3,000 people were from all over. It says they're from every nation under heaven. So the entire known world, people from everywhere had gathered in Jerusalem. And so God put the church in the right place at the right time to reach these people so that the church would expand into every nation of the world, which is the mission of Jesus. So we talk about the Great Commission and, and we're supposed to be reaching every tribe, tongue, and people. And, and, we're, and, and in some cases, depending on, on your circles, people are very strategic about that. But the Holy Spirit accomplished that immediately in the beginning of the church. By just putting this small group in the right place at the right time. The Spirit, its purpose is to put you in the right place at the right time. The ascension happened so that we could get the Spirit, and then the Spirit puts us where we need to be to accomplish the mission of Jesus. You know, it's funny because sometimes you end up places that you, that you don't expect. Uh, if you would have talked to me, 2002, I'm in Texas, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm running from the Bible college I was at because I hated it. And I ended up back in Southern California, and I was so glad I was back in Southern California. 
um, from being in Dallas, Texas, which is one of the ugliest places God ever created. <laughs> and I'm back in California, and, I'm, and if you would have been, hey, you're going to end up in Pittsburgh, which is not ugly. I like Pittsburgh. I'm not, I've not, no problem that I'm here now, but it wouldn't have been on my radar. It wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't have crossed my mind that I was going to end up in, in the northeastern part of America doing, doing what I'm doing now. Um, and even a year before, I, I, we, we kind of were going to fly out to some cities and where are we going to start a church, it really hadn't occurred to me that I was going to end up in, in Pittsburgh. And so, but then I'm, you know, all this stuff's going on and I'm looking at cities and I'm like, okay, well, I want to look at Boston and I want to look at, at Philly. And uh, you know what? Somebody told me I should check out Pittsburgh, so I'm going to fly to Pittsburgh. I ended up flying to Pittsburgh first, and we loved it, and we ended up here. And it's not what I would have expected, but God's Spirit will put you in the right place at the right time to accomplish the mission that He gave you. Wherever you are right now in your life, you're there for a purpose. Not just location, but also your situation. The situation God has you in right now is for a purpose. And if you'll, and if you'll look to God's spirit and you'll, you'll be, if you're willing to do the mission that Jesus has given you, you'll find that you're in the right place at the right time. And finally, the spirit fills us and enables us to overcome the obstacles that keep us from Jesus' mission. And so the spirit's there to get us where we need to be, but the spirit's also there to help us overcome the things that would keep us from doing what we're supposed to be doing. So here would have been the problem for the early church. They want to reach a group of people, and they're from all over the place. And so it would be really great if we could reach all these people from all over the place, because then they're going to go back to where they're from as Christians, and that's kind of the idea. And But wait, we don't speak their language. So you have all these the, the apostles, again, these aren't like educated men. These are mainly fishermen, tradesmen, um, kind of lower middle class guys, and they spoke Aramaic. That's it. <laughs> um, maybe they spoke a little bit of Greek at the time, but, but these guys are mainly speaking Aramaic. And so if they would have had to, re- to reach some of these people, they simply couldn't speak their language. And so what does God's Spirit do? God's Spirit empowers them to overcome an obstacle that would keep them from the mission of Jesus. It doesn't, they don't, it, the Spirit doesn't just empower them so that they can have a supernatural experience so they can tell people about it. Oh, wow, God really moved in, in, this, in this place. But it's, God moved so that we could overcome this language barrier so that we could talk to people about Jesus. The Spirit fills us and enables us to overcome obstacles that keep us from our mission. Do you guys see a theme? <laughs> I think this theme's going to keep going, this whole mission thing's going to keep going through the book of Acts. Uh, fun, funny that. Because uh, we have the four Gospels. And then it's the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But really, when people say, well, it's the, this book's the Acts of the Apostles. Or maybe even people go, well, it's really about the Holy Spirit. The Acts of the Holy Spirit. I would even go a step further and say the Acts is the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. Acts is the gospel of the Holy Spirit, and the good news of the Spirit is that the same Spirit that empowered Jesus to, to accomplish His mission on earth is the same Spirit that empowers us when we believe in Jesus to accomplish God's mission on earth. And that's really good news, because we could not do it on our own. Because if you're like me, you're a little bit of a screw-up. 
You can't do it on your own. But God's Spirit empowers us to put us where we need to be and to overcome the obstacles in our lives that would keep us from loving people and telling them about Jesus. Would you pray with me? God, this is a church, and we're full of people who who believe in you. But Lord, sometimes things are difficult. Lord, help our unbelief. And Jesus, today I pray that each of us would take steps of faith. Whether that's to say, maybe for the first time today, Jesus, you know, I I believe in God, but maybe I I don't believe in you. I don't believe, Jesus, I never believed that you were the Son of God who died for me, who was raised from the dead. That today you can take a step of faith and believe in Jesus and find life. Or maybe today you, you believe in Jesus, but you've, you've been unwilling to take the steps into the mission that God give, has given you for your life. Maybe because you don't know what it is exactly, or maybe because you, you just don't know if you can overcome those obstacles. But I pray that today that God's Spirit would fill us again and would show us that for each of us today, God, that we can overcome the obstacles and that you can put us where we need to be, even if we don't know where we're going to accomplish your mission. Just like you took Abraham from the land where he was born, God, and you, and you took him into the promised land and he didn't really know where he was going. God, sometimes we don't know where we're going. But we ask that your spirit in us would get us where we need to be and overcome the obstacles when we get there. And so today, Jesus, is, as we come to your table once again to remember your broken body and spilled blood, we ask that as we, we take the bread and we break it, and we remember that you were broken for us on the cross, and as we take the cup, remember that, that your blood was poured out so that our brokenness, that our sins could be forgiven. I ask that we would take these moments and that as we reflect on the cross, that we would also reflect on the resurrection and your ascension and that your spirit has come to us. And that you would show us the next baby step that we need to take to be doing what you put us on earth for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.